Amen. Amen. I want to take just a moment. We're getting ready to receive the offering. And as we do that, we want to pray for the folks in Orlando and all the families and stuff that are still connected, still dealing with that situation. A lot going on there, and I'm sure they're still sorting out the details, and people are just now finding out uh, about the tragedy. So we want to pray for those people. But I want to know, has anybody ever had a miracle? Anybody ever had a miracle? Has anybody ever been blessed and God's touched your life? God is so wonderful and, and so faithful to take care of us. And there's a lot going on in life and so much craziness and so many different things. But the wonderful thing is, is sometimes for us, the, the craziness fills our mind, it fills our thoughts, and, and we lose sight of the world around us. But I want to tell you that there might be a few things that we're praying for, but I'm telling you, even in those and in life, God is so faithful. He takes care of us, and sometimes we don't realize the people that are around us. We don't, you know, we don't take the time to think about where we are at in life and all the blessings that God's given us. But I'm telling you, he is so faithful and so wonderful. He's so much more faithful than we could ever be. But God moves and he blesses and he touches out of his love and his care for us. He just works in our life. And, and even when we're not thinking about it, God is faithful and he's on the job and he's moving in beautiful and wonderful ways. Tonight as we take up the offering, an opportunity to, to be obedient, an opportunity to bless God. I want you to have that in your heart and your mind. God is faithful. God is faithful. And, and in this, it's our opportunity to respond to him and to bless him. Amen. You can be seated and then we're going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and praise you for your faithfulness. God, you always have a word. God, you always have a move. You have a plan that is taking place. God, in the best of times and the worst of times, this world is, is not just out there on its own, on just loose, doing whatever it wants. But God, you have a plan and a work that you are working on our behalf. Your kids, those that you love, you've, you've touched and ministered to. God, you have a work. Lord, in our hearts and our lives, and we thank you and we honor you because of your faithfulness and your work. God, tonight, the offering, what we put in the plate, Lord, our tithes, it's in response to your faithfulness. Lord, we want to honor you and bless you. And God, we pray, Lord, for all those affected by the situation in Orlando. Lord, we don't know the, the trouble and the pain necessarily that's connected to a situation that's the worst in our country that's ever been. God, I pray that you would move in a wonderful way to turn that situation into the very best that it possibly could. God, I pray that you would move in hearts and lives and bring comfort. And Lord, bring your, your touch, Lord, in that situation, Lord, and, and be with all those people that are affected tonight. God, we just give you this situation. We ask that you would have your way tonight in this service. God, that you would bless the singing and the preaching. And Lord, we've not come into the house just to come by, but God, we've come to hear right from your throne. So we pray and we dedicate tonight to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We as the men of valor, we have a a wonderful opportunity to minister with the smaller churches in the area. And it's always a joy when we can present the gospel and song to them. And it's an honor for us to come here tonight to sing for you. But tonight, 
we have come to honor a special guest, and he is among us. So, Lord, we come to sing for you. shown us your mercy and grace. tune uh, we were introduced to it several weeks ago and the more we sing it the better we like it tells of a story of a young man that was always in trouble in and out of jail signs up for the service goes to Iraq he saw his best friend killed one night and he tells a story of how it happened so you worship with him and with us someone died for me Thank you. 
He was a troubled kid in and out of jail. When his daddy said, this is the last time I'll pay your bill. So he enlisted in the army and they sent him to Iraq. He was a different man when he came back. Some people said the army must have whipped you into shape. But he said that's not the reason that I changed. Somebody died for me before I even asked for help. Gave his life for me when I couldn't save myself. I cannot live the way I live, be the way I was. Every day is a gift to me because somebody died for me. Now they fold the flag and attach the silver star. As a grieving mother leans against his arm. And he stands before the family and does his best to tell how he survived the night when his best friend fell. No one who ever knew him was surprised he died that way. He always lived for Jesus. Oh, he used to always say, somebody died for me before I even asked for help.
may we never forget that somebody died for us. He died on a cross. The disciples saw him do wondrous things. They saw him perform miracles, turning water into wine. They saw him heal the lame and the blind and to raise the dead. But this was in the past. Now it's up to us as brothers and sisters in Christ to hold on to this. And may we never forget, may we remember the works of his hands.
time would you help me to appreciate the men of valor this evening we will remember wonderful song all the songs were good tonight but boy that last one that and boy one of them's got a real high voice <laughs> is that you bud that's you bud <laughs> beautiful job excellent and I always love it when sister Jane sings too with them she sings so beautiful I want to give congratulations. Where where did Rick go? Did he he is it, he's making the loop? Well, let's just wait for a second. We're going to turn in our Bibles, if you will, to Acts chapter one, verse twelve tonight for our message. Attempted to preach this actually a couple of weeks ago. There he is, everybody. We've been waiting on you, Rick. We want to wish you and Beck a happy 47 years today of being married. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to you, wonderful couple. Uh, there they are, surrounded by Emily. Emily's going to make sure they celebrate real good this evening. She's going to bake you a cake and cook supper, and it'll be awesome. Congratulations, guys. I've known you for 38 of those years, and so I'm thrilled tonight to celebrate. We're all thrilled to celebrate with you. Anybody else got an anniversary tonight? We'll throw you in. All right. A birthday? It's your, it ain't your birthday. Get out of here. <laughs> if you'd stand with me for the reading of God's Word tonight. What a week. My goodness. As I mentioned, I attempted to preach this several weeks back. The Holy Spirit fell in our service that evening and didn't get to speak. And I put it away, and I thought I'd never, uh, well, wouldn't preach it again. You never know. And, and uh, then uh, a couple of days ago, I, I was studying and preparing for this morning. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to 
want you to teach this. I, I want this to be taught in our church. So prayers that produce the power of Pentecost. Prayers that produce the power. You know, there are a lot of prayers, a lot of church services, a lot of preachers, a lot of singers, a lot of people in the world. I'm particularly interested in prayers that produce the power. I don't like prayers just for themselves. I like prayers that get answers. I like to see results. How many of you ever had an answer to prayer? And I mean it was God who answered the prayer. Isn't that great? Look around at the testimony of those who have received answered prayer. I've had miraculous things take place in my life. There is no way Brother Lawton I would ever doubt the power of God. I know that I know that I know the power of the Lord is real. He has been there for me. He's been there for me when I've been in the, the lowest valley. And he's been there with me when I have been on the mountaintop. In whatever situation I have found myself, I have always found that the Lord is faithful and he's there for me. He's going to be there for you. He has been there for you. And I'm believing tonight someone is going to receive an answer to prayer that you've been praying for. I believe the Lord's going to answer someone's prayer tonight because we're going to talk about prayers that produce the power of Pentecost. That's pretty good, isn't it? Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Acts chapter 1 and verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Now, you know what we're setting up here. These folks have been ordered and given instruction to go back to Jerusalem. They were in the waiting Season. They were in that time when all they knew what to do, all they knew to do was just to pray. And we're going to see what God meant in the purposes behind that gathering and what he means in the purposes, Sister Darlene, behind our gathering in this house tonight, I'm believing. Father, we ask your blessings on the word. I pray that I'll get out of the way and, Lord, your work will be accomplished, your word Lord, will be rich for us this evening. I pray in the name of the Lord. By your Holy Spirit, you will speak to us as a church and as a body of believers. I pray for answered prayers. I pray for prayers that produce power. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Gary. I'm always, I always go back, and when I'm really praying for something miraculous... When I'm looking for the power of God to really fall, I go back to Mount Carmel. I, I, many times, if, if I really mean business with God, I will, I will get a hold of a prayer cloth or, or I'll stand with someone in a, in a prayer of agreement and, and I'll go back to Mount Carmel because I remember that story, that, that illustration in the scripture when Elijah was up on Mount Carmel, one of the most fascinating things about that was an instant powerful move of God right in that moment. I mean, the Lord came down. 
Here, were, here the prophets of Baal are all over the place and they're dancing and cutting themselves and chanting and trying to get a hold. And that's what, what I feel so many, so many prayers are like in the world today. I see lots and lots of people that pray. I'm telling you, there are different kinds of prayers. There were how many prophets of Baal that were all prophets of Baal that were all over the place trying to get a hold of Baal, and there was no answer. And Elijah looked over at him and many times made a few remarks, you know, like maybe he's sleeping, maybe he's, you know, on vacation, maybe he's out to lunch. Who knows what's going on with your God? <coughs> but I remember. When you, when you read that scripture, how amazing it was when Elijah prayed the prayer, looked up into the heavens, and he said, I call on you. I call on the fire and the power of Jehovah God. He said, we call on you to answer this sacrifice with the fire, that they may know that you are God and that I have been your servant and that I have been sent to them. That right there is amazing, especially with the fact that the power came flying down and hit that sacrifice. And man, it, it eat up everything that was there. And that, that has always intrigued me. It's always inspired me. And it's been that kind, of that kind of fire and that kind of power that I want to see, not only in my own prayer life, but in ours as a church. I want to see that in the body of Christ. I want us to tap in. Have you ever wondered what is the prayer? What kind of prayer produces the power of Pentecost? What is it that causes there to be a healing touch instantly? What is it that causes fire to fall automatically? What is it that literally gets a hold of the heavens and wrenches it out like rain? I want to know what that is. And I've searched it out in my life and I, I pray prayers and I, I, I mean to do business with God. I don't want to just get down and now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I mean, those are cute little prayers. God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food. I always wondered why that didn't really rhyme. Did you wonder too? Anybody else? God is, I used to go, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. <laughs> I needed it to rhyme. This, it's, it's like a, a symmetrical thing in me. I want prayers in my life that will produce the power, that will get a hold of God. I've seen it work in my life since I was a young man. I've seen prayers answered. I've seen my mother as a young man get a hold of the Lord and call down the power. I was sitting, we were sitting in the living room and my, my great-grandmother was living with us at the time and she was blind and she was sitting there talking to my mother and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my mother shot up out of the chair and she said, oh, I have to pray. And she went straight back to her bedroom, didn't get to the bedroom door before she started praying in tongues and praying in the spirit. And I, I, all of us wondered what in the world was wrong with mama. She got in that room and she began to pray the power down. And I mean, she was calling on the fire of God. She was calling down intercessory prayer. She was literally getting a hold of God. And we heard her back there and we just thought, Lord, have mercy, something has went wrong somewhere. Right about that time, the phone rang. And when the phone rang, I went and picked up the phone. My mother shot out of her room, came straight to the phone, grabbed the phone away from me and started talking. And she couldn't understand. Somebody was screaming on the other end of the line. And she was standing there and she said, I can't hear you. I can't understand you. And, and they hung up. And someone called right back and it was a paramedic and said, are you Mary Phillips? And my mom said, yes, I am. She said, your sister is on the side of the road. They have been in a horrible car accident. Her husband, it looks like he's gone. And the children are broken up in the back seat. And she is on the side of the road screaming for Mary. 
My mother and I, we got in the car and we flew over to Hope Road in Trotwood where, we were at, where they were at and we got there as quickly as we could. And when we showed up on the scene, you know, the, my mom had been praying. Though She prayed from the moment she hung up the phone. Amelia, you'd have loved her. You did love her. She knew you very well. I forgot about that. But she, man, she started praying in the Holy Ghost. She prayed all the way to Hope Road. She got all the way there. When, she, when we got out of the car, she ran straight over to my aunt. And they, she started praying with her and talking with her. And we didn't know what was going on. And the next thing you know, here comes Mary and, and, and the other boys. And they're all okay. Everybody's okay. And Dave, who's sitting behind the seat of the car, they thought they weren't even messing with him because they thought he was gone. He just pops right out of it and looks up and, and just says, what's going on? And he was perfectly fine. I'm here to tell you tonight, there are prayers that produce power. Prayers that produce power. You say, well, how do you, that was a coincidence. You know, I don't think for a moment that my mother was sitting there on the couch and jumped up out of nowhere, started praying in the spirit before she got back to her room. And the power that was falling in that house, I believe it was there for the intercessory work that needed to be done. God wanted to use a saint of God to have faith and to use them in the power of prayer to produce power. To produce Pentecost. And I believe to this day, I, I saw that with my own eyes. And I remember how it felt. And I thought, wow, I want that in my life. I don't want to just pray for you. I want to pray the prayers of power over you. When I pray for you and when we pray for one another, I want there to be power. Prayer that produces the power of Pentecost. I want to know what that is. And when we talk about Pentecostal power, when we talk about the fire of God, you know, sometimes you have to be careful with the world out there because the moment you say something about Pentecost, they turn you off immediately and think, you, oh, you're one of them fanatical holy rollers. Well, it just so happens that we are. But, but that has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with the fact that in Acts chapter 2, the Bible talks about when they were gathered in an upper room, these folks we just mentioned, that the power of the Lord was waiting to fall on them. And there was, some thing, there, was a, there was an atmosphere that was set. There was some things that were put together in that room that we got to pay attention to. There was an atmosphere that was set. There was prayers that were prayed. There was a, a certain kind of movement that was taking place within them when all of the sudden, the Bible says, suddenly, a sound came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled the house where they were gathered. And we begin to see where Pentecost fell and the power of the Lord fell on them. I'm talking about an experience that goes beyond a one-time event. A lot of folks have had a, a spiritual experience of some kind. They've, they, they've had a Holy Ghost encounter and, and it's kind of been a one-time event. But I, I'm talking about something more than that. I'm talking about a lifestyle. I'm talking about something that is constantly at work in our lives. Constantly working in us. If you've had a one-time Pentecostal experience, I, I believe you ought to go on deeper and have that, have that be an experience of your life, every day of your life. I believe in, re anybody believe in refillings around here? I believe in being filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe in being filled over and over again. I don't ever take it for granted. Somebody says, yeah, I was filled with the Holy Ghost 35 years ago. Well, have you ever had the experience of Pentecost again since then? Nope. Well, you know what? I believe it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing situation with us. I believe it's a, he's a living being. How many of you know the Holy Ghost is not an experience, but he's the third part of the Godhead? He is part of the Trinity. He's a person. I believe there's power 
it's not just a one big bang and it's over. There's a real spirit of God experience where you are led by him and you are guided by him and you are filled by him over and over again every day just like you have your daily bread. I believe we have in fillings of the spirit of God and it's good enough to keep you all the way through till Jesus comes back again. I believe he's wanting to pour out in these last days. He said in Joel chapter 2, he talked about in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I believe the Lord is wanting there to be power in his church. He's wanting there to be power in the prayers that we pray. I'm looking for there to be power tonight in this house before we leave. I'm looking for someone who needs a healing touch to receive that. Not because I've laid hands on them or you've laid hands on anyone. But I'm believing that we can set an atmosphere just like the Bible says that when we praise the Lord, he sets up his throne right in the middle of that praise, I believe that there are prayers that will produce the power of Pentecost. I believe that there is a move of God waiting to happen in our church tonight. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That's significant. And suddenly, There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Well, when I read that, I am interested in the prayers that will produce Pentecost. I'm I'm interested, I'm curious about what it is that stirs up. What is it when we're praying, the faith connection? What is it that connects with God that literally brings the power? We remember what what Jesus told his disciples. He said, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I'm curious this evening. An atmosphere. I want to understand what it is. It says in the first thing we look at, and it's so clear, and you've probably heard preachers preach about it many, many times in pulpits all of your life. But in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. One accord. The word accord. What does that mean? It means, and the Greek word for that is hamathmadon, and it means unanimous. They were unified. They were in one mind. They were on the same page. We've got to come together in the same unanimous kind of atmosphere. Doesn't mean that they're identical. Doesn't mean that they look just alike and act just alike and talk just alike. It means that they've come into an agreement. It means they're in agreement. When we come into an agreement with God's holy word, I'm telling you, when two or three will come together and agree on God's word, how many of you know it'll be done? It'll be done. There's some things you can guarantee. You want to you always guarantee a yes to your prayer? Somebody said, huh? Somebody piped up. Their ear just now piped up. They said, yeah, I'd always like to have a yes to prayer. Let me tell you how you'll always have a yes to prayer. You'll always get a yes from God. He will always, every time, answer in the affirmative when you pray just like this. Nevertheless, thy will be done. When you and I pray the will of God in our lives, not the will of me, When we pray the will of God in our lives, we're always guaranteed to get a yes on that prayer. They were in one accord. They were in one place. They had a unified purpose. That unity brought about the power. Many prayers sometimes are vague, man. 
many prayers in our lives, we, we pray, we pray kind of generally for things. I believe we ought to pray very specifically about things. I like to pray very specifically. I don't just say, you know, I, don't, I told somebody one time, I said, you know, I pray for the church every day. They said, what do you do, run down through the whole list? I said, I run down through every one the Holy Spirit gives me. I said, there might be, I'm not going to say I get it right every time, especially as I'm getting older. I may not go down through 1,300 members every single morning, but I do go down through there and let the Holy Spirit guide me. I don't just say a general prayer that lasts about 30 seconds. Lord, I pray that you will bless all members of the Stratford Heights Church of God and attenders. I prayed for everybody. No, I'll be praying. And one morning, uh, there was someone just last week, I walked up to one of them. He's, he's in the house tonight. And I said, I want you to know, I, every morning this week, I've been praying for you. And, you know, I, he looked at me and I could tell he knew I meant that. And, and that was something that the Lord was doing. Uh, there have been many times I've prayed for Sister Barnett. And I'll call her out in prayer, pray over her needs and over her life. I've prayed for the Rays. I've prayed for my family. I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you, Sister Thelma, you and Bob. I've prayed for you. And I, there have been times in the morning hours when the Lord will just start rolling names through my heart and my mind. And I'll make sure to pray for those names. I always make myself available to who God is wanting me to specifically focus on. And then by the time I've gotten through that whole list, then I might throw in, Lord, and bless every family, bless every heart, every man, woman, boy, and girl, every one of them today. Let them know the favor of God and the power of God. I want to make sure I'm praying specific for the, perp the people of our congregation because I believe in specific prayers. They were praying specifically for the purposes Jesus had told. He said, go and pray until you be endued with power. So we know they were praying for the power. They were praying for the power. When I pray over you and I pray for healing, when we pray for one another, we ought to pray specifically, Lord, I pray for the power of healing. I pray for the power to come down. I pray for the fire to come down. I've been, like I mentioned earlier, I've been in many hospitals and, and I'll get next to somebody and, and I've had somebody say, Pastor, I've, I've gotten this bad word and, uh, from the doctor and, and I, I've got to have a healing. I've got to have a miracle. You'll hear me begin to pray and I'll say, Lord, I pray for the fire to come down like it came down on Mount Carmel. I pray for the power to come down. I pray for the, for the heavens to, to literally come down in mighty, mighty power to touch this need. And we ask specifically for healing. I pray and rebuke infirmity and sickness and I get very specific about my prayers. It's right for us to understand that there is a move in the spirit. There's something. We can begin to stir the atmosphere of God. And we can see things begin to happen. And how many of you know sometimes you got to do something we don't do very often in the church anymore. And Gary, we've lost it somewhat because we spend so much time coming down with a little, you know, little Debbie kind of prayer. You know what I'm talking about? Little Debbie, a little dabble, do you? Remember little, was that, was that what that was? dippity do. How many had dippity do? I didn't wear that old stuff, but you did. <laughs> little dabble, do you? Some folks think just a little dunk will do you. Some folks think just a little kneel will do you. It'll be enough to just get down and just say a little quickie and think that it's all going to be okay. I'm telling you, there's sometimes I have to get alone in my prayer closet and I've got to pray through. Half that time I'm getting me back in a place where I can hear from the Lord and I need to be my attitude straightened up and squared up. How many of you, are you walking around perfect all the time? I don't. I'm pastor of the church and I, got, I find i got to spend a lot of time. Donnie, i got to be on my face getting a hold of God for me. 
I got to get me in a place and positioned in a place. It was Samson that was coming up out of the grinder's mill down in the basement of that old palace where they had called him up to make fun of him. And, and it was there that he, he said, man, I, I ask you to put me in between two of the strongest pillars. He, he had to be positioned. I've seen that as a lesson for me in my life. That I, When I've messed up or when I've been in a wrong attitude or when I've been just not really connecting like I ought to, I'll ask the Lord, Lord, put me in a position to hear you again. Put me in the right place. Place where I can get a hold of you again. I, I need a fresh, wonderful dose of, of your power, and I need to put myself in a place where I can feel and sense that power again. Samson looked up and said, one more time, God, move on me. One more time, Lord, move on me again. And the Bible tells us that he, he conquered more of God's enemies in that moment than he had his whole, his whole ministry. But he put himself in position. You and I got to put ourselves in position to allow the power of God to work. We've got to be available for his work. I understand what it is to pray through. Sometimes you got to pray through. Sometimes you got to pray through on a particular uh, a prayer request. You got to get a hold of the Lord on that. You got to find the heart of God on that. You got to you got to keep praying until you press in. You know the lady with the issue of blood, she didn't just walk up and just start claiming it from the back of the crowd. She literally got down and she found her way in to where she could get a hold of the Lord. There are times I need to get a hold of the Lord. And it ain't just going to take a little bitty prayer for me. I know what it is to finally get in there somewhere where I feel I have gotten a hold of the hem of his garment. And in that moment, when I have touched the Lord, then I begin to let it loose. And I start praying for everything under the sun. I'll get into this place and I'll start praying. And I'll get past cold and indifferent. I'll get past lazy and I'm sleepy. I'll get past all of that until I finally get down there in a place where I start to feel the stirring of the Holy Spirit. And once I get in that spot right there and then the power begins to fall and the tears begin to roll, that's when I start calling out names and I start praying for the serious things that I want to see God do. We've got to position ourselves and get ourselves in a place where the power of God can fall. It's important that we understand it's all Him, but man, we've got to get positioned for that power. You agree with that? Say amen. You ever been in a sanctuary and, and you, there's, there's so many Sundays and, and we have it often around here and I love that. I had somebody, I, I had a, a lady who spoke to me about one of our services and she said, I don't know what it is. She goes, I have been to church after church after church. She goes, I don't know what it is about your church. She said, Pastor, I walk in the door and as soon as I walk in the door, I want to cry. And I said, oh, well, God bless you. And she said, no, I, I'm serious. She goes, the choir begins to sing, and I'm just crying. She goes, you get up to speak, and I'm crying. She goes, by the time we get to the church, she goes, I don't know what's wrong with me. I said, honey, that's a spirit. I didn't call her honey, but I said, that's the spirit of God. That's the power and the presence of God at work. I said, when you feel him, some folks will laugh. Some folks will just smile and feel peace. Other folks will cry like a baby. I said, that's just you responding to the fact that the supernatural is touching your heart. Oh, Lord, touch us again, once again. Move us, Lord, with your spirit. Move us with your presence and your power. I want to always be in a place where we care more about that. The overseer was talking to me at the camp meeting, and he leaned over, and he said, he said, Pastor Ray, I'm not just saying this to you, and I'm not saying this to you to, to, to float you up or, or to make you and I get the big head about anything. How many of you know it's Jesus that builds the church, and if he don't build it, it ain't being built on nothing. But he looked at me and said something that I cherished. I didn't get a big head about it. 
I didn't sit there and think, wow, man, we have arrived. We're big time. I didn't think that at all. As a matter of fact, it humbled me so bad, I wanted to find a corner pew somewhere and begin to pray and seek God's face. He looked at me and he said, I've been to churches all over this country. He said, I've been to about every church of God there is. And I said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, and I mean it with all my heart, son. He said, listen to me. He said, what you got going down there at Stratford Heights, he said, I'm telling you, he says, that's one of the top five churches in our entire eight million member denomination. He said, you've got a powerhouse down there. He said, you're not pastoring a little church. You're pastoring a mighty revival. And he said, I want you to know the power of the Lord is something you don't take for granted. And I knew that. And I sat there when he turned back around to the service. Tears welled up in my eyes. And I looked up into that ceiling and I said, oh, Lord, it's you or it's nothing. It's your Holy Spirit or we're nothing. It's just a building if it's not got you. And, Lord, if the choir sings better than any other choir, that's fine and dandy. And we got good talent. But if the power of Pentecost is not here to bring alive the power of God, then what good is it? If the preacher's just preaching a little sermon, he got out of a book somewhere. You know, I was amazed. Somebody told me that a, a denomination which shall remain nameless because it don't matter. But they, they pass out this book and they give it to all their pastors. And it's got Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, all the sermons in a row for an entire year. I thought, my goodness, how easy would that be? Woo! Talk about me. I'll come in here and turn with me to Philippians chapter 5. Every other church in our entire denomination is preaching this. All I got to do is preach it a little bit better. <laughs> Somebody like that. I'm not making fun of that. I believe the Lord can plan out for a year. The Lord can do that. The Lord can do anything. If he can give you a message for Sunday, he can give you one for 10 Sunday. But there was something about that that just didn't real sit real pretty with me. It's just my tradition. It's my, my culture. We, we get a hold of the Lord and we seek him and sweat and, and pray until he finally gives us a word. And then we get out there and, that, and then we know we've heard from the Lord. It would be awful easy, though, if I had it in a book. That would be nice. There it is. I believe in the power of God to move and work in our hearts however he works. I'm not saying they don't hear from God. I'm sure they do. And I'm sure they take that and pray over that. And it becomes anointing because it's the word. How many of you know the word never comes back void? It's beautiful in the sight of God. And I'm, I'm sure he blesses it and builds churches. But I've come to know and to realize in my own life, and that's what I love about my experience with God. I have found that he's a very personal God. He's a right now God. He's where I am. If I'm on my knees right now, I don't have to put in a petition and wait for a response. I might send a letter off to you, and you might take a couple of weeks to answer me back. I might send an email to you. It might take a day or an afternoon or an evening before you'll get back to me. But I have found that when I call on him, he is right there, right now. On time, every time. God is a God who answers prayers. And he's never not on the server. He's always right there. I found him to be true. And so I like that encounter. I like that kind of experience. I want to be able to pray to a God who's very aware of what's happening now. I don't want to send him a telegram. I want to pray a prayer of power that I bring him down in the house right now. That's what I want in my life. And I know you do. When we look at Pentecost, we know God's been doing this and working this in the church all throughout the New Testament and old. You say, old, huh? What are you talking about? There were many times the Spirit of the Lord moved on servants, moved on prophets, moved on young men, moved on Joshua. There were many times the Spirit of the Lord would move. If you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 11, I want to read from that scripture. 
And it, it, I want to take you back to a time when, when the Spirit of the Lord was moving mightily in the Old Testament church. Listen to this. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did, did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph, of Heman, of Jeduthun, and with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them an hundred and twenty priests. Hundred and twenty, I thought that was interesting. 120 were gathered in the upper room, and here we have 120 priests sounding with trumpets. And it came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one. Oh, this is looking awful familiar, isn't it? Sounding awful familiar. As they were one, the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying for he is good for his mercy endureth forever that then the house was filled with a cloud even the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Whew. Even so, even so, let it happen today, God. And how many times have the, has the presence of God, I've been in services all my life. I've been riding down at Harlem Park. I grew up at Philadelphia Drive in Dayton. And I remember many times when old brother Winters had his keys in his pocket. And when they'd start to rattle in his pocket, I knew, man, something was fixing to change. And I was just a young man. I was probably five, six, seven years old at the time. And I remember he'd walk across the stage and he'd get in there and shake his keys. He had a hundred of them. And they would just shake back and forth. I thought that was the prelude to the power falling in the house. If you heard the keys, watch out. The bobby pins are going to fly. power of the Lord would begin to fall and I'd see old sister Brown in the choir loft and she'd, her, she'd start her head back. Next thing you know, she'd be out in the aisles and next thing you know, brother and sister Weitzel are running up and down the side wall there and they're shouting and the power of God's falling and people are laying out on the floor everywhere praying and getting a hold of the Lord. Oh, the power of God. I've been raised to see it and be in it my whole life. I miss that at times and I've got to get a hold of it. I, I can't go too long until I've had an experience. I can't go too long until I've gotten off somewhere in the middle of my prayer closet and gotten a hold of God. You, I've come. I've come too long and too far in this thing. I want our young people. They're off in Alaska and by the way, they landed. They're there and they're doing well. They're excited and getting ready for business. They'll start camps in the morning. But I'm excited for them that they're there because I've been praying that an old-fashioned Holy Ghost, gully-washing, powerful spirit will fall over them and they'll see all kinds of things happen there in that Alaskan uh, wilderness where they are. They're going to be in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's going to be moose waking them up in the morning. It's going to be beautiful for them, but they're the power of God. I want it to fall on them. I want them to have experiences. I want them to be able to have a great move and powerful move of God while they're there. 
I'm believing and praying for it. I want our kids to know the power. I don't want us to ever get away from being what we call, you know, they used to tell us that we should be a purpose-driven church. And, and I read the books and I read all that and I thought that's fine and I want to know our purpose. And I do, I, I do find value in that. And so I would study those things until one morning in prayer real early, the Lord spoke to me and said, what good is your purpose if you don't have my presence? He said, you be a presence-driven church. You be one that's driven by the power of God and the Holy Spirit of God and don't look to the left or to the right, but keep your eyes on the power. Now I'm telling you, he's a God of power. He's a God that'll come right down in our midst. He's a God that'll come right down in here and set up in this atmosphere right now and he'll move in a mighty way and people's lives will be transformed and changed. I've been in services. I've seen a drunk man come in to a service on a Sunday night and I watched him wake his way barely be able to walk down to the front get down there uh, he was crying and sapping and he was so full of all the alcohol but he was also crying full of repentance in his heart got down hit the altar came up and was clear as a bell walking around God had sobered him up in a moment I'm telling you the power of God can conquer alcohol can conquer drug abuse can conquer it can conquer anything the enemy would ever put in the path to try to destroy you I sat with some folks not too long ago who were about ready to split up. They, were, they wouldn't even hardly look at one another. And we were talking, and I started talking about the power of God. And I said, the power of the Lord can melt whatever's come between you two. The power of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, can come right now in the middle of your anger and your, the hurt and, the, and all that abuse that you felt in your heart. He can come down in the middle of every bit of that and melt every bit of it and, re and restore your relationship. And I want you to know, it, I saw the most miraculous, most beautiful thing I'd ever seen because when they got in there they wouldn't hardly look at one another wouldn't hardly speak to each other but when they walked out they were crying hanging on to each other we prayed the Holy Ghost fell in the office and they're doing wonderful tonight celebrating another honeymoon because God's power is rich and mighty and he's able to restore God can turn it around God can turn it around I want the power I want the prayers that will produce Pentecost I don't want to come around here and just preach a cute little message and everybody go out to eat. I don't want to just, just be on clubs and committees and all of us have a good time. I'm not interested in just talent without anointing. I'm not interested in teaching without power. I'm not interested in preaching that doesn't bring results. We got had people saved in every service this morning. I'm telling you, that's what we come here for. We come here to make sure the power of the Lord is stirring and moving in this house, that sinners will come to God and marriages will be put back together and that the power of healing will be here to touch the lives of people I'm telling you anything other than that and it's just a gathering it's just a club we might as well serve coffee hallelujah mm. For I am God, my right hand of power is here. I am here in this night to touch and to minister to my people. I will do a great work, says the Lord, but you must look to me. Take your eyes off of the things of this world, the flesh and the things that will gain you no strength or power in this world. Look to me, I am here in great measure, and I will restore, I will heal, I will deliver. I am here to do a mighty work. 
says the Lord. Trust in me and look to me now and you will see my glory. Hallelujah. Stand with me tonight. Stand with me tonight. I want you to lift your hands right where you are all over this sanctuary and just begin to talk to him. Thank him for a message that touches our hearts. It guarantees there's going to be a move in this house tonight. The Holy Spirit has made it very clear. Someone's going to have the power. Someone is going to touch the hem of his garment. Someone's going to leave this place with deliverance. The Lord is promising it tonight in his words to us. By your Holy Spirit. Lord, we honor you. We thank you tonight. We praise you. This is the atmosphere where Pentecost is set up. This is the atmosphere where things are attained in the spiritual realm. This is where homes are put back together. This is where provision is, is sought after and found. This is where God's deliverance comes to your people. I pray over every one of us tonight. I pray that, Lord, in this moment, we'll come to you with every need that we have. We'll come to you, Lord, believing that you are able. I believe we're on the same page. We're in one mind and one accord. Lord, we're together. We're unanimous right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm believing you. For a touch on your people tonight. I want you wherever you are. If you've got any kind of need where you need the power of God. Nothing less than the power of the Lord is needed in your situation. If you're here tonight and you've got one of those needs. I want you to get out as quickly as you can and meet us in the front of this altar. I want our pastors to come. We're ready to pray with you. They're going to start praying all over this house. I'm believing tonight for the power of Pentecost. The power of the Holy Spirit to fall in this house. And to bring deliverance. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And it's not by might, come on, say it with me. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Reach out. Hallelujah. And touch the Lord. Everybody sing that with me one good time. As he goes by, you'll find he's not too busy, Lord, to answer your cry. Oh, he's passing by this moment. Your needs he will supply. Reach out and touch the Can I ask you, if you're here tonight and you believe in the prayer, the power of prayer, would you step out and help us come around some of these folks and begin to help us to pray for them? Let's see a move of God tonight. Let's see the power of the Lord at work in this altar. You'll find he's not too busy come on. to answer your crime. Oh, yes. He's passing by. This morning, oh, your needs he will supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. Reach out, oh, yes, and touch the Lord. As he goes by, you'll find.
White 
tonight. Say amen. Put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Give him praise. Lord, we honor you tonight. We bless your name. We believe there has been power in this altar. People have been filled with the spirit. The power of the Lord has fallen in this house. Lord, we've seen your work and we're believing for testimonies to come from this service tonight. Touch your people. Minister to them this week. Empower them by your spirit. For, Lord, we leave this house united together in one accord, believing, God, in the power of the Lord to go before us and behind us. Protect our children. Protect our families. Protect our people. Lord, be with our Alaskan mission team. Touch them in the name of Jesus. Give them great ministry this week in the name of the Lord, we pray. And everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless you. Church is not dismissed. The church is just leaving the building. God bless you.